Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Wait a minute, I tell you. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to the David Pollock Show. exciting episode, an adventure called The David Pollack Show. I'm happy to be with you tonight after a very busy uh, Father's Day weekend. I took the family out of town. We went to a little coastal city called Amelia Island. We had a really nice time. I recharged a little bit, had some fun, played on the beach, almost got struck by lightning. Exciting things. There's actually a, a, a Whataburger out there in... Um, in like the Amelia Island area. And I went to Florida State University and we have Whataburger there. And I can tell you, I already ate dinner. It's probably nine o'clock at night. I'm driving back and I'm like, oh, Whataburger. So of course I had to pull over and get Whataburger. And it doesn't matter. It's nine o'clock at night on a Sunday. And there's 400 people working at Whataburger. I think it takes 399 of them to make one burger. And they do so painstakingly one at a time. Uh, But the burgers are delicious. It's always an adventure. Whataburger is not one of my sponsors. I was just very excited to see Whataburger, and I thought I should tell you. So it has been a crazy week, as always. I know since we last spoke, uh, Trump was about to get indicted. And now on a Tuesday, Trump's indicted. And uh, it was an interesting day. I mean, it was. I think the media was disappointed that nothing spectacular happened. Um, there was no riots. There was no um, serious protests. Just some people outside demonstrating. And... Um, Essentially, uh, that was it. And then Trump goes to Versailles Cafe, and he uh, is hanging out, buying people food. And, of course, as soon as he leaves, they're like, uh, Biden. Did I say Biden? I meant Trump. Trump is hanging out. I don't even know anymore. I'm, I'm watching a TV in here. that's talking about Biden. Now, my brain's not working either. But Trump goes into this cafe, and he's buying. Uh, I'm going to buy things for everybody. And so he leaves after that. And then the first story out of the media is... Um, Trump didn't buy anybody anything. Of course, then there's another story correcting that saying, oh, well, actually, whoever had to go orders pending, he did pay for. And anyway, Trump can't buy people food without the media somehow uh, making an issue out of it. So then he's off to Bedminster. He um, has a very um, exciting uh, speech. He kind of sets the case, explains what's going on. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Biden is having his own thing. And uh, then I don't know if you guys saw this on Fox News, uh, which is the only good thing I've seen on Fox News in a very, very long time. On Fox News, uh, there's a, they call them chirons. They're like those little boxes that are underneath the talking heads that kind of tells you what they're talking about. Um, this one said this one said something like I'm trying to remember exactly what it's something like uh, a wannabe dictator 
speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. <laughs> so meanwhile, Biden's talking, Trump's talking, and they're talking about getting uh, his political rival arrested. It was up for about 30 seconds before it eventually got taken down. Um, the person who put it up was actually a producer that worked on the Tucker Carlson show, Alex uh, McCaskill. He's no longer with Fox. I'm assuming he's going to have a career with Tucker. But anyway, Tucker's last laugh, I guess. I don't know. But it was pretty awesome. Um, but as harsh as that seems, uh, what do you think the world thinks about everything that's happening in the United States? I mean, this is supposed to be the most stable, the model democracy, the oldest surviving constitution. I mean, this is supposed to be the type of, of republic that the whole world strives to be. We are the opposite of tyranny. We are the thing that everybody strives to be, supposedly. Yet, what do you think the world thinks when they see the former president and also the presumptive nominee for the Republican Party, the major political party in the United States, potentially even could be Biden, according to new polls, and we'll talk about that later. What do you think the world thinks when they see him arrested and, and arraigned in two places, possibly three or four different places? What do you think the world thinks and I'm going to tell you something. This is a serious threat for democracy around the world. And I'm going to tell you why. If the United States can get away with this type of uh, politicization of the Justice Department, seemingly locking up uh, political rivals, what do you think the rest of the world is going to do? I'm going to bring in uh, my first guest. His name is Chuck Nad. He's a West Point grad. He's an Army veteran. He's a two-time Afghan war veteran. He had two deployments as an aviator. Then he also runs an organization called Operation American Dream, and they support fallen first responders, responders and military. And he, Chuck, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. But I, I, I got to take a, uh, objection with something. I, I come on the show and you make me hungry for Whataburger. You gave me no warning oh. that there's going to be such a mouth-watering intro. Listen, I love Whataburger. But, but the thing is, they're supposed to be opening them up here. I heard it at a football game once. I don't know if it's true, but if you heard a football game, it's probably true. But <laughs> there's something about the experience of a Whataburger. I don't know if it's waiting 45 minutes for a burger at 9 o'clock at night on a Sunday. And I'm not complaining. It's part of the experience. I go there wanting that. Oh. Right? It totally is. But I then mean, when you, know, you eat the burger. Thing, right? Right. Yeah, no. It brings me back to my El Paso days. I was stationed in El Paso for, <laughs> for a few years. And, man, my wife and I didn't have any kids yet at that point. And that was our, that was our go-to. That's the late-night place. And you're right. It's always a 45-minute wait. But it's a joyful one. I, I, right? And they probably are well-staffed there, too. Like I, was, I joked to my family on the way home. I said, if you took Chick-fil-A, again, not a sponsor, but I am open by the way, Chick-fil-A and Whataburger, there is inventory on my show for sponsors. So if Whataburger is out there and they want to sponsor the David Pollack show, I'm happy to have you. Same thing with Chick-fil-A. I, I don't care. And how could they not? And how could they not? I, I mean, come on. This is, this is I, quality airtime right here. I agree with you. So, But I joked with the family as I left. I said, if you took Chick-fil-A, which is arguably one of the best run fast food, whatever you call it, chains. I mean, they do everything. I mean, they have doors on their drive through They just have people running through the parking lot bringing you food. But if you take Chick-fil-A. And you do the exact opposite. That's Whataburger. But yet I still love Whataburger. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, enough about Whataburger. Um, I want to have you. I had you on tonight because you wrote a really interesting article. Because you just came back. You're And for those of you who don't know, uh, Chuck is like a, a, a G.I. Joe 
uh, world traveling superhero who is always some in some far location somewhere doing good around the world. And most recently, he was in Senegal. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Senegal. That's right. A lot of times Americans mispronounce, you know, interesting African countries. And I'm like, I think I'm saying it right, but there might be a cooler way to say it. So if that's pronounced correct, you just came back from Senegal with something very interesting is happening over there. And you wrote an article about it. And it's called the parallel populism. And you draw um, comparisons between what's happening in the United States, between Trump and, and, and the prosecution of him in all these places, and what's going on in Senegal right now. And and so our, and I encourage all of our listeners to go out and read a parallel populism. I have it up on my Twitter um, and I'm going to, and, and before you're, I let you go, Chuck, I'm going to have you tell them where they can find it. But, um, but it's a great article and it really is, if you take a moment, everybody's talking about Biden and Trump and, and the prosecution and everything. And, and again, you know, it's easy to get swept up in the fact that, oh, you know, uh, this will be admitted, this won't be admitted and, and everything that's going on. But, um, the thing is, we can't forget how, uh, monumental and unprecedented this is. And um, so so to the rest of the world that's watching, and I said this in the setup, these are the things that are going to happen around the world. Now, Senegal is having the same situation. There was a president and then a popular populist, I guess, challenger. And the challenger uh, gets indicted. And, of course, he's found not – I don't know if – you could probably tell us better. I don't know if he got found not yeah. guilty or well, – what, mean, what happened know, in Senegal? Can, tell me. I can pick it up from there. So this yeah. was uh, maybe – Two, three weeks ago, this was right at the beginning of June. So just imagine for a moment that a populist candidate for the presidency, the most visible opposition figure across the whole nation, is tried by a federal court for crimes that most of his supporters see as fabricated. Does, does that sound familiar? I mean, you know, yeah. it's something that is certainly kind of what we're experiencing right now. Well, after conviction, uh, the leaders' camp argues that there are, uh, uh, they were fighting against the judiciary system perverted by political leaders and that this sentiment leads to widespread violence. And that's what happened. I think it was the night of June 2nd. I happened to be there. And there was, you know, folks in the streets. There was, you know, unfortunately over a dozen civilians killed in clashes with police. And, you know, before you say, oh, this is just, you know, some rogue African country, Senegal has long been kind of one of those beacons of liberty in Africa, right? It was one of the countries that was supposed to be the example for what right looks like. And so, of course, it's almost impossible to draw the parallel between a populist candidate here in the United States who the ruling party doesn't want to have much of a way in the next election. And the bottom line is, it's really interesting to think about what that parallel looks like. So in the in the case of Senegal, the, the opposition candidate, this kind of populist figure, is a guy named Usman Sanko, and the current president is Macky Sall. And Macky Sall is kind of like the traditional establishment guy, and a lot of people are disappointed with him. He's been in office since 2012, and this upstart who just got into politics in 2015, no less, Sanko, is really capturing the hearts of a lot of people across Senegal. And they you know, arrested him, tried him, and found him guilty of corrupting the youth was the charge. Yeah. And because of that, he may be ineligible to run in the February 2024 election. So it's just fascinating to see how history sometimes repeats itself. And it's really interesting that it hasn't got that much play here in the U.S. So I decided to write this article about it. Yeah, it's great. And, and the thing is, I don't, I don't think people are really considering this a lot or talking about it. So what I loved about it is that, I mean, you have to think about it if— if if the United if what happens in the United States is happening in the United States and now you see it happening in Senegal, what where's next? 
it wasn't long ago. Remember when Iraq was having their first, you know, fair elections and free elections after Saddam Hussein? They had them dip their finger in the purple ink, and they were showing off their purple ink as proud as they were that they actually had the opportunity to now vote in an open and fair election. And um, if the United States was doing what the United States is doing currently, if that's what was happening in uh, at the time when Iraq was trying to hold uh, their elections, uh, do you think uh, there would have been uh, so much joy and motivation for the Iraqi people to believe in their open and free elections? I'm curious what you think about that. You know, it's it's tough to, to put yourself in the shoes of, of an Iraqi. But look, we all know that for most of our adult lives, America has been seen as the beacon for, for truth and liberty in the world. And if you have people questioning the integrity of the election, and I'm sure there are folks on all sides of the spectrum listening who have all sorts of different opinions, but just the fact that you have such a large percentage of the population in America who don't trust that this was a free and fair election is a dangerous place to be. And certainly the polling indicates that many Americans think that it's a politically motivated prosecution, and that's what folks think in Senegal, too. So the parallel is striking because it, it really represents, you know, this this loss of conviction, this loss of belief by many folks across the country, whether that's here or in Senegal, in their institutions. And again, Senegal is not some rogue country. It's a country that's long been seen as kind of a model for liberty and freedom in Africa. And so the question is, where do we go, David, if the entire population or a large portion of the population of a country doesn't have faith in certain institutions. That's a, that's a really, really challenging question that we're going to have to be facing here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go to a quick break and then we're going to pick this up when we get back. And uh, actually, I have a, a special couple of visitors uh, in the studio tonight that's going to send us to break. And uh, I think, what are we going by? Emily tonight? Okay. Emily, you want to send us to break? Go ahead. Um, we... We'll be back in a, um, in a little bit. What should they do? Stay where they are. Or should they turn the station off or anything like that? No. no, they should stay tuned, right? All right, stay tuned. David Pollock will be right back. Now it's time to leave the hey, friends. David Pollock here. If you're craving the best soft-serve ice cream around, Topper's Creamery's got you covered. Serving the Apopka community for over a decade, Topper's is known for the finest old-fashioned custard-style soft-serve ice cream in a variety of flavors, from their French vanilla bean to exciting specials like German chocolate cake. But the experience doesn't end there. Be sure to grab a fresh-baked waffle cone or a sundae topped with my favorite, the fresh-baked brownies. They even offer pup cups for your four-legged friends. So hurry in to Topper's Creamery in Apopka, South 512 Hunt Club Road. Make sure to Tell him David sent you. Now it's time for your Mortgage Minute, brought to you by the Joe Onofrey Mortgage Team. Hey guys, Joe Onofrey here. Would you like to buy a home for your family but think you need to save more money to make it happen? What if I told you you can buy now and stop the endless cycle of saving? What if I told you we have loan programs that require no down payment? What if I told you I offer down payment assistance programs to help buy now instead of waiting? Would you consider buying now? Because there is a cost of waiting. Waiting just one year on a $400,000 home 
could have a cost of $20,000, $30,000, or even more when you factor in lost equity gain and throwing money out the window renting. If this is something you'd like to know more about, let's chat. Give me a ring at 407-720-8514 or online at LenderJoe.com. NMLS number 147-3557. David Pollock show. Uh, for those of you listening at home, this was a seamless first segment. Uh, for those of you watching, because if you weren't aware, you can also, we stream live so you can actually see what's going on here in the studio. You can watch it live at davidpollockshow.com. You can see it on YouTube. You can see it on Facebook, Twitter, all these places where we stream live too. So it gives you a little behind the scenes look at what we're doing. Well, that wasn't working, <laughs> but it's working now. So if you're watching at home, I apologize. Now you can see us. And I don't know if that's better for you or not. But uh, for those of you listening at home, we're back. And uh, we still have Mr. Chuck on the line. Chuck Nad, thank you for being here. Welcome back to the show. And for the record, David, it's much better if they can see you. Are, you're a handsome man, so, oh, so don't sell yourself short there. Well, buttering me up. I already said nice things about your article. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> do you, now, uh, I want to switch gears for a second, but before I do that... Um, Guys, if you haven't read this article, you need to go and read it, A Parallel Populism. Uh, Chuck, can you tell everybody where they can find A Parallel Populism? Absolutely. You can uh, check it out on my Substack. It's very easy to get to. It's nad.com. That's N-A-D-D.com. N like Nancy, A-D-D.com. Nad.com. Yep, and you can go to my uh, – if you go to my website and scroll down to the bottom, you look at my social media feed, you'll see it there too. And you can go to my Twitter feed. I'm at The Pollock Show on Twitter. Um, and you'll see the article posted there. Lots of places to see it. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit, and I want to talk about your organization um, because uh, Operation American Dream does important work. Uh, you support fallen first responders, uh, fire, police, and military, and you help their um, survivors' uh, children with scholarships. And um, it's a worthy cause, and it's worth discussing. So I would like to uh, take a few moments and have you uh, discuss the organization. Well, I really appreciate that, David. That's right. Operation American Dream is a nonprofit that my wife and I started back in 2015. Uh, we were really moved back in 2014. Folks who've been in the area for a while might remember Deputy Scott Pine was an Orange County Sheriff's deputy. He was killed in the line of duty. He had three young kids. They were all five and young, five and younger. Um, obviously, they've, they've grown up since then. But it just didn't sit well with me. I was a lifetime uh, or Orange County resident and you know, I was out in the military at the time. I guess I was stationed in upstate New York, and I, I just really felt called to do something. So we put together a little online fundraiser, and we raised some, some money for his kids. And later that year, this was probably November of 2014, we got to meet his uh, widow, Bridget, and, and the kids. And it, it was just a, a life-changing moment. We said, you know what, we have to formalize this. So in late 2015, we created Operation American Dream. It's a nonprofit that anytime, anywhere in Florida, there's a fallen law enforcement, fire rescue, or military who die in the line of duty. If they have kids younger than 18, we raise a college scholarship for their kids. And, you know, we started local here in Central Florida and grew it to statewide, and it's uh, something that we feel, you know, really passionately about. We're, we're fortunate that we have uh, the former Winter Park fire chief on our, on our board. We have uh, current 
Orange County Sheriff John Mina, who's a great friend of the law enforcement, fire rescue, and military community. He's actually a, an Army vet as well uh, on the board. And it's been a, a labor of love, but something that we really, really um, appreciate doing. And if anyone's interested in learning more about what we do or maybe contributing to the scholarships, uh, the website is oad.us. So that's Operation American Dream, oad.us. And what I will say is we run this on a shoestring. We, we don't pay ourselves and have never paid ourselves a single dime. So 100% of what's donated goes directly to the families, and we feel pretty proud about that. I'm hoping maybe you can uh, share some of the uh, some some of the success stories you've had with the organization and some of the families' lives you've been able to change. Absolutely, one uh, local here that comes to mind is is a young woman who is um, was the daughter of one of the two Kissimmee police officers who were killed in the line of duty back in 2018. Uh, Unique Howard, and she uh, was. Uh, a senior in high school, maybe going into her senior year. And, you know, they, they had plans for, for how his income was going to help support her because her dream was to go to college. And, uh, you know, obviously when that happened, she worked at Publix at the time and didn't, uh, didn't really know what the direction was going to be. And she was very fortunate. She got a few scholarships. We were part of that. We were able to present it to, to her mom. And uh, it was just a really, really touching moment because uh, that, that, playing of those two Kissimmee police officers hit that community really, really hard. This was happened at night. It was uh, a really unexpected killing, right? It was out of nowhere. And there were a total of six kids who were um, children of, of those two officers. So it was a real tragedy all around. But, you know, the thing about America, David, is that when bad things happen, we rally together because we realize that we're one people, we're one country. And that fires me up, and that's what we're trying to do with Operation American Dream. And it was uh, it was really really special to see the look on Unique's mother's face when she saw that you know, hey, there was a community of supporters here in Central Florida that were going to back her, going to back her daughter's dreams, despite this tragic loss, or perhaps because of this tragic loss. And you know, we throw around the word "back the blue" a lot, but that's exactly what we're doing. We're letting the families of law enforcement know that their sacrifice will never be taken for granted. And we feel pretty, pretty strongly that that's a mission that we're going to carry on forever. And can you remind our listeners then if they want to go and donate and learn more about your organization, how they can do that? Absolutely. They can search for Operation American Dream on Google, or they can just go to our website, oad.us. So that's www.oad.us, like Operation American Dream.us. That's awesome. Yeah, guys, go check it out. It's a worthy organization. And check out Chuck Nat as well. Um, if you guys don't know about him, he is a very interesting guy, um, has done a lot of great community service, a lot of public service. He served his country. He serves his community. Um, all-around good guy. And he has an interesting – so I'm not going to tell you about it on this show. I'm going to make you go and research it. There's an interesting story about a parade – uh, <laughs> and Chuck Nad being featured on a horse, uh, like, uh, like something out of a movie. You'll have to go figure that out yourself. But, um, but, uh, I, I want to shift gears here for a second. Would you like to, uh, move on to another topic here? We're going to start talking a little bit uh, about this idea of, uh, wannabe dictators. And I'm going to talk about Ron DeSantis a little bit. It'll get slightly controversial. You can withhold comment if you'd like. But uh, are you game to stay on for a couple minutes until our break to uh, hear what I have to say about um, our governor? 
David, I always love to hear what you have to say. Oh, all right. All right well, here we go. <laughs> shifting, Gabe, do we have a shifting gears um, thing? Because I feel like we talked about something very serious and important, and I want to shift gears. I need, like, a switching gear sound. He's throwing his hands up. We don't have a switching gear sound. But Maybe all right. like a, a drum roll or something. I, I don't think a, like, a, like a record scratch or, you know, just <laughs> some kind of switch. All right. <laughs> He's going to internet looking for it. By the time you find it, Gabe, I promise you, well, I've already switched gears. All right, guys, uh, use your imagination. Record scratch. Changing gears. Um, so going back to this idea that I talk about at the opening of the show, and, and, and guys, we have a— Coming up on the second half of the show, we have a, a good friend of mine, Mark Naughton. He's an independent journalist. He's on the line. He's hanging on tight. Uh, we're going to bring him in right after our break, and we're going to be talking about um, Trump's response, Bedminster, and a lot of these concepts. But I'm going to bring him up right now, talk to, talk to Chuck a little bit about it, and then uh, hang on after the break, and we're going to continue to talk about this. But here's the thing. And uh, this, and, I, and I'm sure, Chuck, in your world, you've heard about this as much as um, you know we've been talking about it, this idea of, um, you know, Everybody in Florida loved Ron DeSantis going into 2022. I mean, they just did. I did. I was a I was the biggest DeSantis fan in the world going into November of 2022. A lot of did. A lot of people did. He won uh, the the nomination, or, or I'm sorry, won the the reelection. Record record turnout for Ron DeSantis. And then something happened. And if you remember uh, when Donald Trump was very upset uh, when Ron DeSantis was running for governor, they called him desanctimonious. And when he did. Uh, the Republican world gave a collective sigh, like, oh, my God, how are they going to attack our beloved governor? But something Trump knew that uh, the rest of us kind of suspected was that Ron DeSantis wasn't running for governor. He was running for president. He was going to be reelected as a governor using his fantastic leadership during COVID. Fantastic. Uh, and then use that to uh, kind of get him into position to be the front runner uh, for the Republican nomination for president. The problem is Donald Trump wanted to be president, too. And a lot of Ronald, uh, Ron DeSantis's base, Governor DeSantis's base, wanted Trump to be president, too. And the great rivalry was born. And this is really not much of a great rivalry. If you look at the polling, um, but, uh, Trump is beating double digits, Ron DeSantis. Um, but the thing that ticks me off, and I wanted to talk about this, because we're going to talk about this idea of wannabe dictators, uh, you know, who Joe Biden might want to be, who uh, some of these people want to be. And I'm going to talk about that here in a minute and I have some audio clips for you. But the thing is, in my opinion, um, Ron DeSantis wants to be Donald Trump. And a lot of Republicans want Ron DeSantis to be Donald Trump. And look, I, I've met the governor. He's a tremendously nice individual, goes out of his way to shake hands. Uh, he's done great things for Florida, great leadership for Florida. But the thing that ticks me off is that he knew he was going to run for president, ran for governor, change the law so he can run for governor, I mean, run for president, not have to resign. And now every policy, everything that goes on, I'm worried that is he trying to do what's best for Floridians or he's trying to do what's best for Ron DeSantis' chance to run for president. Um, I got 50 seconds left and I don't want to talk the whole time because Chuck, you're still on. I'm going to give you a, uh, 15 seconds. Am I on the right path? Yeah, I mean, look, here's here's the thing that everyone has to consider. You know, how much of Ron DeSantis, what he's doing is because he's a true believer because he really is doing this for a reason to, to make a stand. And will he carry that on if and when he's president? And how much is he doing it 
because he wants to be president? And are they ne necessarily mutually exclusive? And th there's there's just a lot of questions there. Hold so, that thought. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, hold that thought right there. Actually, stay on the line for just a second. I'm going to bring you back after the break. I'm going to go to a hard break. We'll be back in about two minutes, guys. We just got some news real quick. I'm going to bring Mark back on. And I'm going to bring Chuck back on. And uh, the David Pollack Show will be right back. David Pollack here. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more information on any of our sponsors, or perhaps you want to hear a replay of a past show, make sure to visit thedavidpollackshow.com. There, you'll also find our latest articles, links to our social media, and opportunities to become a sponsor yourself. So remember to visit thedavidpollackshow.com. With today's economic environment, it's never been more important to secure your hard-earned wealth for you and your family's future. FinSec Life works to offer industry-leading customer service to help successful individuals and businesses protect their wealth. Whether it's a business succession plan, estate liquidity, or a variety of life and long-term care policies, FinSec Life can help deliver peace of mind, knowing that if something happens, you or your company is taken care of. Visit FinSecLife.com. That's F-I-N-S-E-C Life.com. Securities offered through Valmark Security, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Valmark Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. FinSec Life is a separate entity from Valmark Securities, Inc. and Valmark Advisors, Inc. Business owners, are you sick of dealing with those big-name telecommunications companies that leave you frustrated with terrible customer service and then lock you into long-term contracts? That's why I want to introduce you to my friends over at Public Telephone Company. They are an industry-leading VOIP provider offering all-in-one business communication solutions that are completely contract-free with competitive pricing. But perhaps the best part, they're all about supporting their customers with U.S.-based customer service and they're always willing to go the extra mile. Don't let your phone company drive you mad. Call Public Telephone Company today at 877-314-4080 or visit them at publictelephonecompany.com. That's publictelephonecompany.com. Are you an insurance agent or property manager looking for a reliable and accurate property inspection? Floridian Property Consultant specializes in citizens insurance packages and replacement cost appraisals so you can get bound quickly, easily, and accurately. FPC's experienced inspectors will make sure each assessment meets all the insurance carrier standards while ensuring that you don't pay for more than you need. Work with a company that respects your time and budget as much as you do. Visit online at FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. That's FloridianPropertyConsultants.com. You guys got to do that again. Go ahead. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the to David, David Pollock, Pollock Show. Show. All right. I got, I got kids in the studio. I don't know. I just... They're roaming around the hall, so I just dragged them in here to go, and they wanted to talk on the air. Good job, guys! Well, you heard them. Welcome back to the David Pollock Show. Of course, I'm David Pollock. Those little voices were not me, even though sometimes they do sound like that. 
Uh, Chuck, I want to wrap up with you real quick because we're going to break and I just hate dumping people. Especially I went on this whole tangent. I'm like, what do you think? You're like, yep. And I'm like, all right, going to break. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I spent the first, you know, five minutes talking about our love for Whataburger. So. Well, I do love Whataburger. Um, all right, but I got to, I got to, I'm going to give you the last word and then move on to Mark. But uh, please be back on the show whenever. But the last word on me. What do you, what do you think? I mean, uh, how does this end? Think that um, do you think do you think DeSantis is eventually going to get behind Trump and all is going to be healed in the Republican world? That's what I'm hoping for. I mean, time will tell, right? It's going to be very interesting to see how everything develops. It certainly looks like Donald Trump has a has a commanding lead for the uh, for the 2024 nomination. I think what's going to be really really interesting to see is what happens when folks start dropping out, right? Yeah. If it becomes is is, is Donald Trump going to have such commanding lead in the terms of the number of delegates that he has that by the time New Hampshire and South Carolina happen, it's done? Or is it going to be where, you know, maybe DeSantis puts a few on the board and then enough people drop out and then it's a race? It's going to be very, very interesting to see how everyone reacts, how the other candidates who are not named Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis react to whatever happens between now and March. That's going to be fascinating but yeah look if you're trying to be president of the united states it's probably best to be named donald trump right now if you're a republican exactly well stay tuned for that chuck nad thank you so much for being a part of the show um we'll have you back whenever you'd like to come back you're an american here my friend and thank you so much for your service to this country and for being a part of our show today god bless you david talk to you soon you too my friend all right guys we're shifting gears not too much just a little bit i mean we're going to continue on this on this subject but uh, my good friend Mark Naughton's on the line, and I want to bring him in. Mark, you out there? Yes. Yeah, so Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you fine. How are things in uh, the Big Easy? Uh, well, uh, pretty good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm following Scott Pressler around the country, and, uh, you know, he spent, I don't know, a number of days down here in, in Louisiana. And uh, just a few minutes ago, we, we pretty much complete, you know, completed uh, – his, his mission here in, in Louisiana. So uh, we both will be uh, traveling back to our rooms uh, and, uh, and then get on planes tomorrow. Now, for the, those of you who don't know Mark, Mark is a, an independent journalist, uh, uh, up and coming and fantastically gifted and talented independent journalist. He's also an Air Force and Army vet, a former law enforcement. Um, he's done great things for the country. He's a real American hero as well. We've got lots of great veterans on the show tonight. And um, he's been doing some great work, and uh, he was most recently – I mean, you got to go to check out his videos, and I'll give you all the links of, of, for that in a second. You can also go to my um, Twitter where I post a lot of – repost a lot of his videos. But he goes, and he just gets on the street, and he asks questions, and um, he does a really good job at it. I mean, uh, just the man on the street – but he asks good questions. He gets people thinking, and he doesn't let people off the hook, which I particularly enjoy. He asks the questions, and he sticks with it. Uh, he's got a lot of gut, so I, I really see, like your content. Most recently, uh, you were in Bedminster for uh, Trump's, uh, I guess, response uh, to his indictment. I actually have an audio clip from that, and uh, that's cut five, Gabe, if you want to cue it up. And uh, Actually, I don't think he's in this. All right. We'll get that on in a second. But, yeah, so you were in Bedminster. And uh, tell me, what was that like to be at Bedminster uh, in that energy? Yeah. And, and you have a video, and, I, and I'm gonna, we're going to play a clip of that as well. You have a fantastic video that you produced about Bedminster, and we're going to play that in a second. But I want to hear in your own words, what was it like being at Bedminster when Trump is kind of telling the world how horrible this is and what's happening to him? Well, 
Yeah, this, uh, let's see. So I've, so I've been to Mar-a-Lago, uh, of course, when he announced, and then, of course, with the, with the New York case against him, uh, he flew, he did the exact same thing he did, uh, you know, with going to Bedminster after Miami, and the exact same thing. And I've watched, uh, so I guess you can say his three major speeches, I've been, I've been to each one, so, and uh, they just are becoming more and more focused on, uh, as he sees it, the issues. And, uh, you know, I've watched him. And this is, you know, you know, I have a lot of friends who are attorneys. I, I've been, you know, uh, crypto lawyers. I've, I've been with him uh, to Mar-a-Lago twice. And Eric Matheny, I'm hanging out with these guys. And, and, and I look at him and I, and I ask him, like, all this stuff he's talking about, it, it, it's like it's not 101 uh, when you're a defendant. You know, what, what is 101? Don't talk about your case. You know, delay everything and don't wait, you know, and try to try to let everything calm down. Uh, that's not what I watch here. He's, he is, uh, without a doubt, you know, in his convictions, he doesn't believe, you know, uh, that he's, he's a violator of the law and he thinks he's being targeted and, and, uh, he's, he is, he is not quiet about it, but the people's reactions, the support is strong. Uh, you know, of course you could expect that at an event like that, but I'm watching also the support on the street and at the intersections. I talk to the people all the time. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm just reporting on what I see and the people I talk to. Uh, they're not moved. If they're moved at all, it's just they're more invigorated. His his, uh, his support is strong. Yeah, and we actually I have a clip queued up here. Um, Gabe's cut six uh, of some of your reporting um, from that event. Guys, uh, well, we're in Bedminster, New Jersey. Uh, Trump has been arrested and arraigned in Miami, of course. We're going to be inside Bedminster for Trump's remarks. Meanwhile, the intersection here, it's filling up with pro-Trump MAGA people. Now the uh, the second time he's indicted and they think maybe Georgia's coming, maybe maybe D.C. with J6. Does any of that move you at all? No, not at all. None of the indictments matter to me. My opinion on them is still the same. Indictments mean nothing to me. Good, how are you? Oh, good. He's worn out, worn out. Yeah, we all gathered here together June 13, 2023, not far away from President Trump's golf course in New Jersey. We all want to show our support. Jews for Trump, everyone for Trump, and no question, all what our best president ever. America's dead. We, we now live in a fascist dictatorship, or more, more appropriately, a Stalinistic communist dictatorship. Like Stalin said when they wanted to go after his political enemies and arrest him, I forget who it was, they said, well, what crime has he committed? And Stalin said, don't worry me, just show me the man, I'll find you the crime. All right, so we're here with, uh, of course, uh, famous Mike Lindell and uh, the indictment today. It's, the, it's now the second one out of Miami. What are your thoughts, Mike? Well, my thoughts are Ron DeSantis should endorse Donald Trump tomorrow morning and call it a day because what this hoax indictment did was just solidify Donald Trump, our real president, as the Republican candidate. doing this since day one it'll keep doing it till the day he dies you know it, 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 they're never going to stop yeah that that's a that's great stuff there's about nine minutes there guys for those listening at home or, or viewing on a, a live stream and uh, you can go to uh, mark Naughton's twitter and uh, we'll give you all that information uh, before the end of the show or you can go to my twitter and uh, you could see the full video but it's great stuff and um what an experience that must have been i know you're exhausted running around so um Great stuff on that. Um, I want to ask you, you're also working on something, uh, and you, you mentioned this earlier, the uh, documentary on Scott Pressler, and um, 
and right. I've said this, I've had him on the show, I think three times, four times. He's a frequent guest, a good friend. And the work he is doing um, around the country, uh, you can't understate the amount of work that this man does going from swing state to swing state, teaching Republicans how to win. Because it's no secret Republicans don't know how to win. We have good policy. We win on the issues, but we can't win an election. And this becomes a problem time and time again. And Scott Pressler is going around telling people, it's not you don't wait till election day to vote. Vote early. If you have to vote by mail, vote by mail. If you can if you can go and help people deliver their ballots and collect those votes, a.k.a. ballot harvesting and it's legal, do it. I don't understand why we're always 10 steps behind Democrats. They're out registering voters years before we were. They're out doing all of these things to make sure their candidates win. And they're able to elect ham sandwiches. I mean, that's amazing. Right. And I have clips, audio clips that I'm going to share. And as a matter, you know what? Let's just have some fun. We're going to mix this all together. Um, I'm sure every because everybody wanted to talk about this. And, and you got some time, Mark, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So everybody's been talking about over the weekend, um, Donald Trump. I mean, not Donald Trump, uh, Joe Biden um, and his God Save the Queen. Have you saw this? The God Save the Queen. Right. Uh, right? Right, right, right. Apparently he's at some kind of like gun control thing. And he decides that he's going to uh, basically uh, tell I, I don't know where God Save the Queen comes in. But this is this is cut two. Gabe, go ahead and take cut two. And here, here's what I'm going to give you more context than you guys have heard on like YouTube or wherever you watch your social media clips. This is the full context. And I'm going to tell you what the excuse was here in a second. But go ahead and play cut two. You know, I'd usually come down and say hi to all of you. They tell me there's a storm coming in. Is that right? Is still is that still the deal? That's the truth. Now, don't make a lie. As that as that scene <laughs> in the John Wayne movie, don't make me a dog-faced lion pony soldier. I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you what. Um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask the White House photographer to come up. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to stand. I can't. I usually shake everybody's hand. But I'm going to stand in front of each section. <laughs> no, I really mean it. And then, and if you can see the camera, they can see you. And uh, it's the least consequential part of this whole meeting for you. I promise. All right. God save the queen, man. God save the queen, man. That was the full context. And the funny thing was, you know how he says he goes around and he shakes everybody's hand? I don't. I think he thinks he's shaking everybody's hand, but generally it's just the air. But um, so, yeah, God save the queen, man. It has nothing to do with anything. Just randomly out of nowhere. And, you know, people are saying this is a sign of... Of uh, you know his 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 mental state or whatever. The White House's official position of what happened and the reason why he said God save the Queen was because he usually does a rope line and because he didn't do it, he said God save the Queen. I have no idea. I think we're just supposed to just go along with it. That actually wasn't the worst. But again, here in this is Gabe. Take cut one. This was earlier in that speech to kind of show you a little more context why people have concerns. Listen to the young people who've spoken out here today. They're speaking for a whole generation, and they will not be ignored, they will not be shunned, they will not be silent. In this moment, this moment, we have to remember what I got to know him, Nelson Mandela, when I tried to get to Africa, to South Africa to meet him. And he came back and he met me yeah, when he was That wasn't speed. an edit. He met me at the White House. That was just the Joe Biden. You can I end it. That was, that, was, that was just like the usual Joe Biden scratch CD skit. Rough. 
He was like one we'll subject, uh, right? One subject into another. Yeah. And if you and if you you can't see the video in radio, but in that video of God Save the Queen, he gets on stage and he again is asking his handlers, "What direction am I supposed to go in?" It it's hard to see. And I know that some people on social media were like, "You can't make fun of him or Fetterman." And I guess what I have some Fetterman to talk about too, and I'm going to ask you about that here in a minute. Um, the thing is, you you know, people say, "Oh, you can't make you know he's an old man." And, you know, he's just normal for an aging person to be like this. And, and they make all these excuses, and you're a horrible person if you question it. But the question I ask is, that doesn't seem like he's at his sharpest in his life, whether it's something like dementia or otherwise or just age. Would you trust Joe Biden to watch your young children? I'm curious. I mean, if you have young children, are you letting Joe Biden come over and babysit? Grandpa Joe, um, I'm curious if you're free tonight. I, I know you have big plans in the White House. Uh, but I want to go out to dinner. I'm hoping you can watch Command <laughs> of Hunter Biden had kids. Uh, I wonder if you can come watch my kids. He probably does. Uh, would you let Joe Biden come and watch him? And, and, and no. Yeah. Is, right? Who's going to let you? So why would you let him watch the, the nuclear codes or oversee the military? Right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, uh, it's, it's rough for me to watch uh, and listen to. You know, I, know I, have, I know I have to do it. Uh, I, I particularly don't like it. And I, you know, uh, I'm no doctor, but I think about it. And Joe Biden has what 30 plus years in politics, and there's there's a billion hours of footage of him. And I can't recall in my lifetime, and I'm not that old, uh, and I don't recall him as the vice, even as as recent as the vice president, behaving like this. He would often have, uh, you know, things he would say like big effing deal. You know, he would have his attitudes, his swagger. He might even be a little cocky. Uh, but, you know, the, the go shaking hands thing, the, the lost on stage, uh, then, you know, uh, now with random outbursts and it seems like, I, you know, I'd have to, I don't have the time to do it, but I would, I would ask somebody who analyzes this stuff, how much time does he spend on his speech and his issue versus the ramblings, right? And I really, I really, you know, normally in a normal speech you have, five, ten seconds of ramblings in the beginning where you cater to the location you're at. And then, you know, maybe you squeeze something funny in there at the end and you do your walk off. Uh, it just seems like we're listening to all the ramblings and not actually not actually a speech. But yeah, that, that's just my interpretation. No, and you're 100 percent correct. And Ronnie Jackson's been been saying it from day one that you know, Congressman Ronnie Jackson was saying something's wrong here, guys. And, and he's a doctor. Um, but, you know, but it's not. But they got him elected. And he's there. He's going to be their nominee, even though there's some really qualified people that are vying to replace him. He looks like he's going to be the Democrat nominee and the Democrat Party will make sure of it um, for various reasons. And again, we'll get into if we have time, get into the wannabe dictator portion of this. But it's not just Joe Biden. Now, John Fetterman and we're going to I'm going to go to a quick break. And then we're going to come back. I want to share some clips of Fetterman also. And the reason why I want to share all this with you guys, and this has everything to do with Scott Pressler, is the fact that Democrats are so good at winning elections, they can get these people elected. And that's what we're going to talk about when we get back. Mark, stick around just a minute if you can, okay? Yes. Dave Pox, will be right back after this break. Did you know that every 40 seconds, someone in the United States suffers a stroke? And every three minutes and 14 seconds, someone dies from a stroke. These statistics are staggering. But even more surprising is the fact that stroke can affect people of all ages. 
with one in seven stroke sufferers being younger than 49. The Scott Cooper Smith Stroke Awareness Foundation is on a mission to spread awareness about stroke in younger individuals. In 2009, Scott Cooper Smith passed away unexpectedly from a stroke at just 32 years old, leaving behind a wife and a child. The foundation was started in his memory to connect stroke sufferers with the resources they need to overcome this devastating condition. If you want to help young families struggling with the impact of stroke, consider making a donation to the Scott Cooper Smith Stroke Awareness Foundation. Together, we can make a difference in the lives of those affected by stroke. Visit strokeawarenessfoundation.org to learn more and donate today. That's strokeawarenessfoundation.org. David Pollack here. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more information on any of our sponsors, or perhaps you want to hear a replay of a past show, make sure to visit thedavidpollockshow.com. There you'll also find our latest articles, links to our social media, and opportunities to become a sponsor yourself. So remember to visit thedavidpollockshow.com. Say what you want about Justin Bieber. Every time this song goes on, everybody has to dance. They just can't help it. <laughs> Gabe, I saw you. <laughs> I was dancing too. <laughs> In my way. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, we're going to pick right back up. Mark Naughton's still with us. Um, I want to, Gabe, let's go ahead and take, um, now you guys, I'm not sure if you saw this. There was a truck fire on a bridge on I-95. The bridge collapses. In Pennsylvania, this is uh, John Fetterman's district uh, or state, and uh, here's what he has to say about it. I, I, this is, I think, cut four. And again, next to a, a collapsed bridge here, and he is here to commit to work with the, the governor and the, the, the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed quick fast as well too this is a president that is committed to infrastructure yeah and then on top of that uh, the the jewel uh kind of a uh, uh, law of the inflation uh, uh bill that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this all across the america getting rebuilt Th- that was fetterman introducing joe biden speaking about i guess repairing the infrastructure and then here's when he's asked about it at a uh, senate hearing right I, I uh, would, would, would just um, really like to, you know, the 95, 95, 95, you know, um, you know, obviously that, you know, you're pretty much preoccupied with the with 95, and I know I certainly am too, and we know it's a major uh, eatery, not, not just for, for Pennsylvania, but for the East, the East Coast. And a lot of Pennsylvanians are worried that the delays and repairs bring to its standstill deal. Now, I'm not making fun of John Fetterman. What happened to him is very serious and it's sad. He's a human being. He has a family. He has, uh, he's a father. He had a stroke, a massive stroke. And he has communication issues. He has damage, residual damage from a stroke. And this happened before the election. He was, remember, going against Dr. Oz. And, uh, you know, this isn't new. He like I don't if I'm in Pennsylvania and I'm worried about a collapsed bridge, do I feel confident 
that my senator and the president working together um, are going to be able to bring uh, this matter to a conclusion. And here's where I want to tie in the whole wannabe dictator thing. Um, I don't know who's in control of the White House, and I don't know who's in control of the Senate office in Pennsylvania. But clearly there's questions and there's serious concerns. And, and it's not that it's not sad and we don't feel bad for these people, but these people were elected to represent people. Serious jobs. These are It's a big deal. Yet they got elected, right? And how did they get elected, Mark? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's very, very strong, uh, prepared voting machine. The Democrats have been doing it for a very long time, uh, you know, you know, Scott Presser talks about it. Anybody that, that understands these voting operations is, you know, the Republicans have voting day and the Democrats have voting month, right? And sometimes season. And uh, that's, um, that's something that, that's happened for a while now. And definitely one thing that Scott is, is doing is uh, retraining uh, the Republican Party, speaking to the leaders, speaking to the followers, the volunteers, and he's saying, look, you know, we have to replicate this where lawful and uh, we have to do it because otherwise, I mean, just look at the past results. Right. So that's uh, that's the goal. Yeah. I mean, and Rhonda McDaniel, the chair of the Republican National uh, Committee, she is responsible, arguably, to make sure that we're firing all cylinders in all 50 states to make sure Republicans get elected. And she's been ignoring Scott Pressler for what, 66 days now? I think 66 as of yes, today, I think. I think today is day 66. Uh, you know, I, I, I find it, you know, so interesting because I'm watching as, as I, you know, essentially am a, a, you know, a professional stalker. I, I follow him around and I watch this. He uh, he's able to make sense to, um, to to the younger crowd. And he tells them, you know, about the powers of social media and the influence. I watch him speak to the to the old, you know, the old guard in the Republican Party. And he's, you know, even people who are usually you know stuck in their ways are now saying, you know what, uh, this man is correct. You know, the, the single-day voting, there was just too many risks involved. Uh, I mean, just look at today, you know, there was uh, an intent to go out and do some door knocking, but they had to look at the, the overall effectiveness of it, and they repurposed their time. Why? Because uh, there's a, you know, LSU is in the, the College World Series, and knocking on people's doors during the World Series is, is, uh, is probably not the best thing. So, I guess my point is, um, you know, it is it is odd. It is strange. I don't have an answer. I'm trying to find out why uh, the Republican Party is is uh, is not getting back to him because uh, this guy is, you know, he's a uh, he's, he's really a major hope. And if, if there's going to be any change, he's laying it out. I, and you're 100 percent right. And this is this is the every time I have Scott on this show, every single time. I ask him the same thing. I'm like, why don't Republicans get it? And he always comes on the show, and there's always some ridiculous loss that we should have won. And he's always trying to do whatever he can to make up ground where we're just way behind, and Democrats just are ahead. They're beating us. And the let thing, me, let me jump in real quick yeah. and give you one one anecdote. Because I don't know the time limit, but one thing. Yeah, we got three minutes and twenty four is... seconds. We're good. Okay, thanks. thanks. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could see a clock. You know, uh, so. You know, uh, one of the things he did mention today is talk about, you know, loss of opportunities. There are Republican wins out there. They are hitting them. For example, uh, Louisiana, not I don't know the date, but recently broke one million you know, registered Republicans. You think that would be a milestone. You think they would flaunt that. They would put a banner up. Right. 
Uh, and no, it didn't happen. So, you know, it's, you know, his work is, yes, there's, there's math to it, but there's also psychology to it. And uh, it's just very odd to me. I don't have the answer yet, but why there's, you know, in, it's a total ignoring of his efforts and his work. And I just, like I said, you know, I, I'm trying to figure that out. You know, I have a theory in two minutes and 34 seconds. So you, you don't have a clock. But I have a theory okay. uh, that the reason why they're ignoring him is because he's exposing an uncomfortable truth. And the uncomfortable truth is elections is big business. It's big for consultants. It's big for the party. And, you know, a lot of people are in a lot of places. I call them squatters, political squatters. They occupy these roles. and They have access to donors and are invited to all the fancy dinners and they feel like they're somebody because of the access. And they haven't done anything to earn it in recent years. They hated Donald Trump. They opposed Donald Trump. Donald Trump won. They've been trying to pick up the pieces ever since. Opposed Donald Trump. They don't have a great track record. We should have had a red tsunami. We had a red trickle. They want to blame Trump. I think that the reason why the National Party is avoiding Scott Pressler is because he's changing the way they like to do business. I think they like to sit in a country club and raise money. And I think that buying radio ads... And, and, and mail is the way to win elections, but the world has changed. What do you think? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, but that, you know, that certainly, that certainly makes sense. Um, you know, but it, it, it is really odd, too, because if, if, if I were somehow stuck in my ways and I was somehow egotistical and I watched somebody doing my job better than me, uh, I, guess, I guess what I'd want to do is this is, you know, I, I, I don't speak for Scott. I don't speak for anyone. I speak about people, right? him but i would i would invite him on and make him some kind of operations officer and give him access and let him make right. me look good and turning points right? doing I'm that his boss right. and turning points yeah. paying him yeah. to do it right. i only have 30 seconds with you left but i want please real quick uh where can people donate because this is you're doing this for free and you're taking donations and you're doing this thing. where can they go and donate and find information about the scott pressel project Oh, thanks. Uh, so, yeah, we set up a very a very humble, modest uh, account on Give, Send, Go. You can just search the Pressler Project. Like I said, this uh, you know, it's very clear that, that these funds go to the journalistic aspect of, of following him and, and, and reporting on him. This is, you know, this is not uh, not going to, to Scott. So Perfect. As long as the people know, you know what they're doing. I will put the links on Thank my you. social media as well and my Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Mark, thanks for being a part of the show. Guys. Make sure you join us every day, Monday at 7 p.m. And girls, do you want to close us out? Bye. Thanks for listening, Thanks for to, listening to the Comic Show. God save the Queen, man. <laughs> hey, on 950 FM 94.9, The Answer. WORL, Orlando, News Talk Station of the Year.